All right, everybody, back at it. Welcome back to Ignorant Bliss and my weird or side project of making episodes about the HBO series Watchmen, which is kind of a sequel of sorts to the comic book series that came out by DC Comics back in the mid-80s. Created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. So this episode, episode five, is called A Little Fear of Lightning. And by the way, if I sound weird, I'm a little stuffed up and congested. Don't know where from. I got to drink a Sprite to defeat this. But still, pushing forward. This episode's focus is about Looking Glass, a.k.a. Wade Tillman. So it starts out back in the the uh, the events of 11-2, November 2nd, 1985. A watchman where a young Jehovah Witness, Wade gets off the bus in Hoboken, New Jersey to spread the word to the sinners running around. There's some top knots there. Top knots are kind of like the um, punk rock skinheads of sorts of the Watchmen world. Uh, Cause you know, things are a little bit different. So he interacts with them. He's a little bit shy and uneasy. He ends up meeting a girl and goes into uh, the House of Mirrors, and she's very flirtatious and gets him to take his clothes off because she uses the possibility of him having sex as a way, you know, to disarm him, which turns into a thing of demeaning him as she steals his clothes and runs out, and he's now trapped in the Hall of Mirrors, butt naked, and beating himself up that he's basically terrible and trash he's a sinner. For even wanting to have sex. But at this moment, the big event happens. The squid falls on New York. You feel you hear this mute sound and this pulse, and he has a headache, and the glass shatters, and then it cuts to him waking up. And he staggers out, and a whole bunch of people are dead on the ground from the psychic pulse of the giant squid. <laughs> He is shaking. He's wondering what's happening. All the death is around him. He survived probably because of the mirrors. Probably took some of the shock being in the Hall of Mirrors. And he it puts him on the path that he is on now as the police officer known as Looking Glass. <laughs> We didn't see Wade uh, in a focus group reviewing a New York City's campaign to get people to move back to the city because people don't live in New York City like they used to because a giant squid fell on it 30 some odd years ago. And that shit was traumatic. Wade tells him that their little ad is trash and people ain't really rocking with New York City. He goes to a storage unit, which is basically his little secret base when he gets dressed in his outfit, gets in his 
car that he does as a as a police officer hero person and then basically goes to work. Lori meets with all the officers in their meeting room like we saw in the first episode in which she basically says if we can find that church that is in that video in which the 7th Cavalry released their little terror video out they can probably figure out where Seventh Calvary is. <laughs> Our good old guy looking glass then has some interactions with his fellow detectives as he cares a little bit too much about protocol and being uptight with how you're supposed to do things. The Red Scare doesn't really care about. Um, he has an interaction with Angela, a.k.a. Sister Knight. About the pills, and he's basically she's pressing them. He's like, "Yo, chill. We gotta do things the right way." She is my ex. I can't really press her like that. And she's basically like, "I don't care. Hurry up. I need to know now." Good old Lori Blake calls him into the office, starts reading the right act. Don't call him by his name. Call him Mirror Guy. Brings up things in his file about being an eleven two, as she knows things about that day. As she saw the aftermath of such a terrible, terrible event. Um, firsthand. <laughs> she talks about she asks him if, uh, you know, does he have nightmares about it? And he sleeps. He says he sleeps well. He then, you know, puts on his mask has a, a substance that supposedly protects from psychic events, psychic blasts. And basically, she comes at him, asking him about the pills. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, because Looking Glass is a real G. He ain't trying to snitch. She's like, yo, I bugged your cactus, B. He's like, damn. So he's like, yo, this is a personal matter between me and Officer Knight. And she lets him go. Messed up. Next up, we see our guy in the house. He's watching American Hero Story. He just got his mask on, Rorschach style. He's eating beans out the can, Rorschach style. He all alone, Rorschach style. Looking a little bit grimy in the crib, Rorschach style. And on the show, we see that there's a, um, a sex scene between Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis. And yeah, it adds to it. But again, it gets to this alarm goes off. He has this basically this extra dimensional alarm system. And he takes off his mask. He runs to his bomb shelter and he tries to shut it off because it's like basically a false alarm. It doesn't go off. He has to break it. And he calls the company, gets all customer support. Customer service trash. And he feels defeated. Poor looking glass. We all know that feeling of trash phone customer support. It's the worst. They treat you like you don't know what you're talking about, but you do know what you're talking about because you've run tests more than they have. And the people on the phone are trash. But alas, that is a tangent. So our boy Wade, it's the next day. He, um, he goes by his day. He goes to his little fake day job. 
And then he gets hit up by his ex to come check on the pills. He goes. She works at a place that basically remakes your dead pet for you on some bull bastard stuff that Ozymandias was doing back in the 80s. And basically, the, the dog isn't perfect, so she ends up, like, incinerating the dog, which makes people mad sad. But she tells Wade that the pills of nostalgia, which is a, a drug that was created so that people with Alzheimer's and dementia could, like, relive memories that they've forgotten because of their their medical affliction. But the problem is, is that people just started taking that joint and using it like a drug to relive stuff over and over again, get trapped in the past. You know, because nostalgia is dangerous. And he literally hit you over the head with that joint. It's bad to continue to live in the past. I also found how it was kind of similar to the way uh, the weird little mini disc joint worked in Strange Days, a great movie from uh, 1995. Starring Angela Bassett and Ralph Fiennes and Tom Sizemore. Ralph Fiennes in that movie is like a detective or whatever. And it's a it's a New York and it's connected to police brutality, uh, especially at that time, post L.A. ride six place in L.A. And he's basically trapped into the nostalgia of thinking about his ex that left him. And he used to be a great cop, but he's not a great cop no more. And the heavy, the tough person in this is Angela Bassett's character. Mace and she's like a driver for rich people and also a bodyguard and she be fucking mad people up in that joint. So I don't know if everybody else caught that, you know, being that like in a lot of ways, Regina King Sister Knight is the heavy because she be lumping mad people up. And really, looking glass don't really fight a lot of people that we see, but he do be on his detective game. And he be thinking about the past sometimes a little bit too much. But that's on my little connection to that old dope-ass film. You should watch Strange Days. It was directed by Kathleen Bigelow. She got joints. My man then goes to a church and goes to an um, extra-dimensional incursion uh, support group in which he leads. And people talk about the effects of that event on, on November 2nd, 1985 to other people. And they have, they have this thing where um, a young man talks about how he basically experienced it through generational trauma. The generational trauma is the thing that came up in a lot of the recent years talking about um, folks who are descendants of, you know, slavery and how, like, that stuff keeps, continues to be passed on in our DNA, not only from, like, slavery to Jim Crow to, like, the horrors of the, uh, the civil rights movement, police brutality. Even now, when you think about the crack era, there's stuff that, you know, a lot of us went through. That's probably going to pass on our kids, our distrust of the police, our lack of empathy for, like, uh, you know, people hit it with addiction to drugs. You know, there's a certain thing where, you know, some of us don't care, like, because we back in the day, you ain't supposed to care about no crackhead. But, you know, there's a lot of good, you know, papers and writings about generational trauma. It's interesting that they pulled that in using this event. It's very out there science fiction event to talk about this subject and bring it into the story. <laughs> Lady comes in and join the event. It piques his interest. Earlier when he was talking to his ex, his ex is like, she brings, she asks about the nostalgia if he's doing it for a lady or something. And he like sidesteps it. He don't really want to say he's doing it for his partner, but his ex is all, you always like them damaged ladies. And 
So lo and behold, this lady that popped it, the new lady that popped it to is a support group. It's pretty damaged. Oh, so she says she is. So they go out for some little drinks. You know, they share stuff. My man Looking Glass says, like, yo, my little ability. He don't got superpowers. He just says, like, I can always tell what a person's like. And, you know, she tried to test him. And you know what? She don't really lie. But then she leaves. She gets picked up. He sees a piece of lettuce. The lettuce connects back to the truck for the first episode. He calls it in. He follows. He ain't even got his gear. He just got on his little regular trucker hat that he is lined with the silver stuff. So he can't hit with no psychic attacks. Even when he's regular, 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 looking glass don't play. He's always ready. So he sneaks in there and he says, oh, shit, seventh coward. And he thought he got to jump on, but he's there alone. He ain't waiting for backup. But it was all a trap. Because they think looking glass is like them. Because, again, so far, just like us as the viewer in this episode, he's the one that not only most looks like Rorschach, he feels like Rorschach. So to them, they think, yo, you convert him to the side. He sees them testing out a machine that makes giant portals. Now, for those who didn't read the comic, Adrian Veidt teleported this made-up squid into New York to kill mad people. He made a teleportation machine based off of the energy signature of Dr. Manhattan. He used, he figured it out. So they're working with this. So they're working on basically teleporting stuff. So like this kind of triggers our good old guy away. Cause he's basically like, yo, you guys are super duper evil. Um, you guys are trying to drop another squid on the earth. That is not good. Previously, when he walked in, there was like a big symbol of like a Cyclops eye. It looks kind of like the eyes of the squid monster that you see in the mini episode and, you know, in the comic. So the lady says, like, you know, I was telling the truth. I'm a radiologist that came up and I wasn't lying to you. She just didn't tell him everything. So they basically take him to their, their leader. And. He sits down and the leader starts talking to him. He knows it's it's Joseph King Jr. And then Joseph King Jr. sits down and gives him the game and waves like, yo, you about to drop another squid on the people. And that's messed up and that's wrong. I had to stop you. And he's like, yo, we're going to do something else. We're going to do something different. We ain't doing, we ain't dropping no squid on nobody. But when I joined Congress, I learned about a lot of things and somebody sat me down and they showed me something. He puts it a DVD and on this DVD, you see Adrian by Ozymandias when he was younger. It was recorded on the day before or 11-1, November 1st of 1985, him telling a message to Robert Reference, like, yo, in 1992, and Robert Reference wants to get this in 1992, you're going to be president, and right now you're president, and I want to let you know that I will do a lot of things and make sure that it happened. 
And basically, he goes into basically saying the entire big reveal of the plot, the answer to the mystery of the actual original comic. Now, for some, this could be a spoiler for the comic. For those who read the comic or watched the show, you like, oh, snap. Ozymandias made a tape. He sent that joint to the president way later. Man, his plan was deep. Oh, wow. Looking Glass knows this. Oh, wow. Joseph Keen knows. Joseph Keen Jr. knows this. This is heavy. Now, previously, I think it was episode two. I talked about in the PDP, you learn about the history that uh, Judge Crawford's dad and Joseph Keen Senior knew each other and was friends. So you learned during this that the entire idea of the cops having masks in the 7th Cavalry were essentially created and run by these two men who basically know each other their entire lives. It's a conspiracy of sorts, like a fake war. But they control both sides, but they know what each other's doing. So they try to say it so that like the Seventh Cavalry wouldn't kill any more cops, and that they can control the Seventh Cavalry using the way they say foots, you know, political means. He feels he's smarter than them. Wow, that certainly sounds familiar, right? It sounds really Ozymandias like. And Judge Crawford was part of the plan, kind of comedian like, right? Because comedian kind of knew about the whole whoop de whoop, but he couldn't live with that shit. So basically. It was all a fix since they was like long ago. Hence, Judd Crawford is connected to the Klan and most likely Senator Joe King Sr. was part of the Klan. And basically, Wade is kind of messed up. And then Joseph King gives him an ultimatum. Yo, you can help us slow down Angela Abar's investigation into what's going on and put her on a sideliner in some way or we could kill her family. Now my man Wade is messed up. They let him go. He makes a decision. He goes into work. He gives Angela the pills at his desk when she, she presses him. He talks about it at his desk. She takes the pills he knows Lori's listening. He gets her to confess, basically, to talk about what's going on. Lori hears the whole thing. Angela bugs out like you betrayed me. Way got his mask on so you can't see his expression in his face. He's all the way fucked up, basically. Lori draws a gun on Angela. Angela takes the pills, swallows all of them. They're like, oh, no. And she could they take her away as she's starting to collapse. Way has to live with his betrayal. He goes home. He gets a new joint for his little ED alert system. He doesn't care. He goes in the house. As he goes in the house, Seven Cavalry pulls up. They tooled up. They saw walking to this man's. Uh, bomb shelter shit is about to go down <laughs> meanwhile 
in outer space. Adrian Wright they made his spacesuit. He got all this little army of 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 like his weird clone butler and housekeepers, maids or whatever, running around setting up this thing. He gets on the catapult. He got like an air tube. He got a rope tied to him. He has him launch him out and then he goes up and he hits a point in the sky and becomes not sky no more. He's in space. He's walking on the moon of Jupiter. He ain't on the moon moon. He's on the moon way out there. You see all them previous of the clone dead bodies out there. And what he does, he uses the dead bodies and he writes a message to save me as a satellite goes past. Now I'm thinking the satellite might be connected to Lady True because she's the smartest woman out there. Some people think it was Dr. Manhattan, but Dr. Manhattan ain't got no satellites. He don't care about that stuff. Lady True got mad technology out there. He know who he sold his stuff to. He gets yanked back. The game warden is there. He arrests him. Ozymandias is locked up. While he's locked up, who else knows what's going to happen? So the interesting thing is one interesting thing. There's a bunch of interesting things that earlier, the lady that tricks Wade, she talked about it watching a movie called Pale Horse. So like in the story, there was a band called Pale Horse and they played in MSG the night of 11-2 and they died with all the people inside when the joint hit. So in this movie, instead of making Schindler's List, Steve Spielberg makes a movie called Pale Horse about that event. He also wins the Oscar. And a lot of imagery in that movie sounds like a lot of imagery that was in our movie, Schindler's List. It was just interesting how like things change and he uses that versus, you know, in our world, you know, Holocaust stuff. Now in the good old PDPedia, they give us another memo by Dave Petey, basically talking more about American Hero Story and his issues about it and why he doesn't like it. So he talks about this episode. He gets a, like a preview episode called Internal Affairs. And it's basically the main crux of this episode is about the comedian's sexual assault of Sally Jupiter, a.k.a. the first Silk Spectre, and how it's 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 not really portrayed well. Um, how it kind of like uses the rape for like bad purposes and it's over the top. It sounds like they basically took, they did a fictional version of a lot of critiques of the use of rape that was uh, criticized in Game of Thrones and then applied it to the show within the show. I found that interesting, especially since Game of Thrones was on HBO. It's like they pulling that all in there too. And also comments how basically the, the Sally Jupiter character isn't really well-rounded and his issues with Hollis Mason's book, which Hollis Mason is the first night out. And then, you know, he tries to dance around things about uh, basically his partner, Kurt's current partner, Lori Blake. And it, it just seems interesting the way they really get into this character's head with through writing because you don't really see him much, but you know a lot about him. So every time you see him, for the little bit he's on screen, you feel like you know even more because you read so much of his writing, his internal thoughts. And he really dislikes this show. 
it is it is very interesting. Um, they also give you ad like a um, like a pharmaceutical ad about nostalgia. And you know you've seen the, the the ads like probably like in magazines like Vanity Fair, Time, or anything like that. Basically, explain what nostalgia is, the safety information, like phone numbers and all that type of stuff. Like you know, I had some old people in there. It looks just like an ad. It's a really good job. I read the whole thing. You're never supposed to take someone else's nostalgia though, because it'll mess you up. It'll have you confused on who you are if you take too much. Can mess you up and you die. Hence, something bad is gonna happen to Angela. And it also gives you a pamphlet about extra-dimensional anxiety in you. I guess this is like the pamphlet they give out those groups for people dealing with. You know, extra-dimensional anxiety is really well thought out. It feels like one of those type of pamphlets. Uh, right now. I think it just gives you background on those meetings and the fact that this event had a lot of long lasting effects on people through over the years. So um, they took a lot away for to make you really empathize with, uh, with looking glass and give him a point of view. And really not only is he supposed to be our Rorschach character in a sense, He's also the anti-Rorschach because he's caring about people. He does know how to interact with people to a degree. He's not completely like anti-social. He's like anti-social, not by like a his own. It's like when you first heard of like the original version of incel involuntary celibacy uh, wasn't about a bunch of angry white dudes, like basically becoming like white supremacist terrorists. Well, it was about people who just didn't know how to people who just weren't really good at the game of love and the game of 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 sex. So they just like, OK, and it wasn't just it wasn't just men. It was people. And he kind of fits that notion. He's a loner. He's still dealing with his trauma. He's trying to help people. He's trying to get people to move on from the event, even as he hasn't moved on himself because he still believes in certain things. He's still tracking the squid reigns. Uh, but he learns and it conflicts him because now he doesn't know what to believe. His main thing is uh, he can always tell people online, but the entire reason his life and how his belief system, his, his origin, his origin is a lie. It's built on a lie. And, and then it comes into question is it's like if Ozymandias is playing this conspiracy this long ago that other people decided to continue it. It was one thing when you found out that like the other crime busters with the exception of Warshack went along with it. But now you find out it's kind of like maybe the United States government perpetuates it and keeps it going through the use of the little squid showers and purposely keeping the people back from technology so they can't know. And it brings up some ideas that maybe you you kind of see on the internet with not believing in the state, uh, not believing in people. Uh, the people are lying to you. The news is lying to you. 
it's interesting that they playing with all this stuff. I hope people don't take this this shit, this like it's fact because you know, real talk. Robert Redford ain't been president for like twenty five years, <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting how they're they're working out, and it's interesting to see how they use looking glass to just go through this whole trauma thing that really expounds more on what Laurie Blake was saying in the fourth episode. Um, Man, it's just so good. Is the episode titles a little fear of lightning and man, he he's driven by fear. Like he joined the police force after the event of the white night. He wasn't a police officer first. He became a police officer after that point. Like, man, you got to stop this. You got to stop those 7th Cavalry. He's the antithesis of the current version of, of what the Rorschach idea became. He became his antithesis. His mirror, just like the inkblot test, was a way to show you who you are. The mirror can also show you who you are. He is the antithesis. He is feelings. He's open. He's, he's emotionally intelligent. And in the end, he's more like... Dan Dryberg, Night Owl 2, then he is like Rorschach, even though he has the look of Rorschach. Um, yeah, man, that was just a banger episode. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Um, I just thank my patrons. I just thank you, the listener. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. You know, that's just anything we will say. This is on all the main things, you know what I'm saying? The Apple Podcasts, the Spotify, the SoundCloud, Stitcher, the yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, Ignore Bliss Podcast at Gmail. If you want to hit me up with some emails, IGBL Podcast on Twitter, Julian Lytle on social media. Uh, that's really it. I'll try to uh, get out episodes quicker and we get closer and I got ideas. I got thoughts. You'll see because I'm going to say them in the show and everybody has a good either morning, day or night whenever you listen to this. Peace. I reminisce with bliss of when we was closer And wake up to be greeted by an argument again You act like you're 10, so immature I try to concentrate on the cure And keep looking at the front door Thinking if I were to evacuate You'd probably be straighter than straight And wouldn't have so much hate Cause you don't know the pain I feel when I see you smiling And when I roll up you start wowing So I front like everything's hunky-dory But it's a whole different story You don't like the fact that I'm me I don't put on a show when it comes time for you to have company And your friends don't understand your choice of man They speak proper while my speech is from a garbage can So I glide to the side until the spotlight is mine And never sabotage a good time When they're not around, the fights commence I'm the one you're against, and it doesn't make sense Cause I'm the one that you claim to love for life But all I get is gray hairs and strife And I suggest that you stop trying to be so raw Cause I'm looking at the front door